Florida Gators need to attack this offseason. That's been the point. Of, if, if you want to get this program back on track, you need to attack. We're going to talk about it with Brian Smith, Lockdown Security Insider here on Lockdown Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free reviews in the podcast. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work at Whole Nine Sports, Giants, Country, NFL 33. Today's episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers, $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Simple as that. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. About to be joined by Brian Smith, but first I did want to remind you guys, if you want to be a Locked On Gators insider, get you know transfer portal news or, or names I'm targeting or offensive coordinator, any of that stuff, join subtext. It's two weeks free, five bucks a month after that. Great way to support the show. And if you don't want to, you're just going to get the same information a little bit later. Before Brian joins the show, I'm just going to say that we recorded this we wrapped up at about seven o'clock i went to eat came back from eating Corey raymond sean spencer had been fired so we recorded this right before that however i'm keeping in the parts where we mentioned Corey raymond because brian kind of hinted at maybe there's some not meshing going on in the coaching staff and someone has to go and so i feel like that's an important part of this obviously the rest of the week we will be talking about these firings and potential other firings and hirings and what's going to happen with all those. But I just wanted to get that clear that we recorded this right before Corey Raymond and Sean Spencer were fired. And Brian said things without knowing they were getting fired that kind of alluded to that being a realistic possibility, at least for Corey Raymond. So now here is Brian Smith. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is Brian Smith, Locked On's recruiting insider. We're not going to mention what else he does for Locked On. We're not, not, not this week. But before we talk about the Florida Gators recruiting, LinkedIn is the college recruiting sponsor across the Lockdown Podcast Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. And Brian, let's just let's, let's just get into this. We're a few, uh, a little bit less than a month away from early signing day. If you're Florida, what do you prioritize right now? Like you've got your QB, you've got linebackers. I mean, you, you've got that all locked up receivers. You have, you've got a tight end, use more DBs, please God, get more offensive linemen. How, how do you prioritize this final month before early signing period hits? First things first is you have to make sure the kids that are technically committed to you, which in today's age, that's a very difficult term to define. Committed, you're a heavy lean. That's that's what that means now. You're just that's heavy. probably the best answer. Everything has a certain defensive lineman from North Carolina ending up in Columbus, Ohio. That's what I'd heard last last week. I haven't checked any recruiting since the week. I don't know if you've heard anything, but they still cannot the lose play. Still the expectation on this side. Okay. That is very bad because that is an NFL player. When Ford is rolling, they have defensive linemen that wreck you. Kind of like Jared Verse just wrecked the Gators. 
There they need yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, Patrick Payton, you know, well, lots of them. But anyway, the point is still the same. Florida historically is really good up front. Their history is tremendous. They need kids like him to get the narrative back in their favor. They're okay up front, but they don't have a guy that the opposing team says we have to eliminate him with not one guy, but two and or we're going to run away. We're at the scheme. They don't have that guy. Florida State had a quarterback in there, obviously, in the first half, especially his first few drives. He was awful. They looked like they had no idea what they were doing. He got better. But if they'd have had one more guy up front, maybe you get a strip sack fumble for a score or something like that. That's why they need to secure any chances of getting Amaris to come to their program. I don't know if they can do it. Billy's got to obviously do the in-home bit, all that stuff. But if they cannot, then they need to get somebody there. And second, you already mentioned it, for the love of mankind, they don't need an offensive tackle to add to Fletcher Westfall. They need two. Now, when I say two, I don't mean high school. They need one of those kids to be, and I know this is unfair, a kid from the portal that is ready. There probably won't be one. We'll, we'll talk about that at length here in a moment as well. But maybe it's a Juco kid, whatever. They might take a defensive end that's on the roster or and, and flip him. To, I mean, those things happen. Joe Alt was a tight end at high school. It's worked out for him at Notre Dame. It's weird. But they got to get somebody that can play right away because their offensive tackle situation, it's not an SEC problem. Like, they have a Division One problem at offensive tackle. I, I Florida. Yeah, people know that I'm, I am a – Florida and Toledo fan, I'm comfortable going like, oh, I think Toledo's offensive line is better right now. And that's not a good thing to have. <laughs> like, I'm just going to make the comment that, line, but, but yeah. not a good situation to ever be like, oh yeah, Toledo's better than us at that spot. That should never be a consideration, let alone something that you believe and you follow football very closely. What does that tell you? Number one, can't lose Fletcher. He's got to stay in the class because he may start next year. Two, again, they got to get somebody, high school Juco kid, that can at least compete. But let's dive into the big problem. You put in, and it's very accurate for those of you watching on YouTube, he put off-season. He didn't say attack recruiting. He didn't say attack for. He went off-season because he meant all the above. They got to find a way to get somebody that can help them early. Now, let me be clear. The number one offensive tackle at LSU, number one offensive tackle, like Notre Dame, like Joe Alt's not transferring. Those kind of things ain't happening. But that doesn't mean there isn't a kid that's at, I don't know, Washington State or Oregon State, something like that, a school that's going – there's going to be a kid at one of those schools, I don't know what position, like the running back at Oregon State. I'm sure his phone has went bonkers. That dude is legit. Martinez, or, he can play for Alabama. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up playing Alabama either. <laughs> but that's another story. They have to find that tackle. If it's a kid – that's at South Carolina State right now. It's a historically black college, whatever. They've got to do their due diligence. And they've got playing time to offer. Damon George is playing hard. He's just a terrible tackle. He's a guard. He's in a spot that does not fit him. So I'm not going to blame that kid. But they don't even have a depth chart at offensive tackle. They don't have one. And they're in the SEC. How, how the hell does that happen? I mean, Dan Mullen didn't do him any favors at the end, but this has still got to be partially on Billy and his staff, too. This isn't a one-way street. This is both directions. They need three guys, with Westfall being one of them, that can come in and compete. Westfall's pretty good. But I still think it would be better, especially with him being a freshman, to play right tackle, not left. 
Who, I mean, you could have Troy Aikman at quarterback next year in his prime. If he's getting smoked, you're done. So the trenches, that's where I'm most concerned. The deal in the secondary, I had a conversation with somebody about this. I don't get it. You know, we, you could always take more DB because it's such a critical position. Corey Raymond, we both agree, and he, he's, an, he's a guy I've met. Great guy. Great track record. What is going on there? Beyond it, I'm not trying to be mean, but Armstrong, I don't think, is the guy because Corey Raymond's had success everywhere else until he's been with this guy. Now, do you make the fire high? I mean, that is awkward because that's a one year. I mean, I don't know. I know that you went off on your post game show that Billy is iffy for this next year. That could be, but signing day is on the 20th. We're less than a month from that time. The problem with that is twofold. For recruiting, no kid is going to be comfortable if you hire a new guy because they don't have time to build a relationship. That's fair. On the other side, I know there are people that write very large checks that don't want that guy there. This is not good. <laughs> I have no idea what Billy does there. But what I saw this year with all the miscues and how non-physical they were, and again, it's an SEC defense. It's not like they don't have athletes. In the secondary, they got all kinds of athletes. They're not that physical. They're not. There were so many plays where Benson ran through arm tackles in that game. That makes me wonder if they want to recruit more. But I, I was going through like the – I saw almost every one of those kids in high school, seven-on-seven seven games, et cetera. They were all good. That's not a talent problem. That's a coaching problem. They got to fix that. And until they do, I'm not sure the off-season thing really gets started. But that that's my deal. Trenches, and they got to figure out the DB situation. Somebody might have to leave. They might have to bring a different kind of guy. But those are the two areas. Lagway, here's the good news for the Gator fan. I know I've just thrown a whole pile of crap on your plate. He's tremendous. He's going to play in some capacity next year. In my opinion, this is unsolicited. I don't have any intel. That is a special football player. His arm strength, his ability to make awkward throws look natural is uncanny. If they can somehow, and I know you and I have joked about this off the air, their schedule next year might as well be the, the New York Giants. It is ridiculous. They're going to struggle in some capacity. If Billy can get through next year, and I'm not saying he can't, They'll be okay 25 and beyond, but that means he's made some corrections here. Just got to get Lagway through that first year, get to the system, and he can be your guy. That's my opinion. We'll see. I, I didn't think Max was bad either. He's he's pretty decent, but he didn't have any time to throw. He was getting killed. <laughs> yeah, there's a uh, there, there's a coach who I love consuming his content, Coach Vass, and he has a saying that's, you know, quarterback can't see with tears in his eyes and i feel like that's how max was dealing with that florida state defense. <laughs> it was just every time there was just someone yeah. immediately in the backfield it's like uh also i will say it's very good that you know uh dj lagway he did just recently lose in the playoffs with willis at least he's experienced playing behind a horrible offensive line because he is gonna have to deal with that for yep. probably his freshman year no matter what changes you make i don't see how you completely fix this in one year as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Go ahead and put that on a heavy, heavy 
favorite Chiefs, Eagles. Why not? They win games a lot, right? Go ahead and throw it on them. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time right now. You got the NBA. You got the NFL. You got English Premier League. You got, I mean, I don't know the name. Bundesliga? Is that the German one where Borussia Dortmund is in? I think so. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders. The specials and the boosts are a blast. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. Remember that FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Today's episode of Lockdown Years is also brought to you by LinkedIn. When you're hiring for your small business SEC program, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is a tool to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free early signing days coming up. You can't waste too much time. Got it. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it easily the best place to hire. Go ahead, add me on it. Connect. Why not? Hiring's easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. So with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive quick and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. But you mentioned also the, uh, the, the arm tackles. Have you, looked uh, at the, the PFF terrible. numbers for that game are ridiculous. Florida state had 116 rushing yards against Florida. 131 of them came after contact. They had more yards after contact than yards. Trey Benson had 95 rushing yards. 94 of them came after contact. It, it Florida was State's really, offensive line is bad, too. Yeah, they've they got injuries and stuff, and they've underachieved. You still have to hit the guy. I was yeah, listening to... Commentators were like, oh, runs through an arm tackle, runs through an arm tackle. Like, come on, man. It, it was just... It was rough. Um, obviously, also, that loss solidified Florida. No bowl game. There, there's not even a, like a spot for them to be like, oh, we're the five with academic. No, that's not available for them anymore. That's not a thing. And obviously, everyone wants to be in a bowl game. At the very least, that is your goal every single year. You're never like, ah, oh, if we can almost make it, then we're happy. But everyone wants to be in there. Fact of the matter, Florida Gators aren't in a bowl game. Is that, and this is the stupidest question I've ever had to ask, or at least I feel like it is, but is that some kind of not advantage, but does it help them at this point where they're a month away from early signing day? You're competing with pools that are playing in bowl games and college football playoff and the SEC championship or, or other conference championships. Is that at least a little bit of help for you if you're Florida, where now you can kind of just hunker down and focus on those where teams that you're competing for recruits against are focusing on the bowl game or on the college football playoff or more meaningful situations? In my experience, the teams that go through a dreadful season that climb out of it in recruiting and the next year have two things in common, a head coach that's devoted to be at that school and everybody's in, in line and, and they're, they're ready to roll. Are we sure that Ford is in line with Billy being the guy, everybody that's hard. He's going to have to figure something out. Again, the next two, three weeks, pretty much answer your question. Does Armstrong stick? Uh, O-line coaches? Is there a court? 
Somebody's getting fired. Who is it? And how quickly is there a replacement? Is somebody getting fired? Is somebody getting I don't know. I feel like Billy Napier's approach is like, I'll just let your contract run out and then I'll I'll find a new replacement after that. Well, that, that could happen. The replacement could happen, but it might be him. That's yeah. what that's just look. If there's not a pound of flesh for those bull gator boosters that donate six and seven figures, okay. This is the SEC, man. The S doesn't stand for Southeastern. It, it stands for superficial in terms of their, their thought process because they think every booster thinks their school should win it every year. It's just completely ridiculous. It's superficial. They, if they don't have a pound of flesh, I, I just don't see how they're going to get the support. They need NIL and all that other stuff. Prove me wrong. But that's the era we're in. I'm, I'm literally writing an article right now talking about just the transfer quarterbacks and one of the reasons is I'm going to get the backstory so I can write about this five years from now. I can't write about it in real time because I don't want to get sued about the money these kids are getting offered to enter the transfer portal. But you need your boosters to do that. There's school, like flat out, that I know are planning to induce kids because their quarterback situation is not very friendly. Florida at least has a pretty decent quarterback, and I think he's underrated, by the way. But at the same time, most schools aren't. But you still, could you imagine what Florida would look like? If they got an elite tackle, it would change their offense next year. Are the boosters going to help them get that with what Billy's doing if he doesn't make changes? It's like the chicken and the egg argument, but it's like it is the, the head coach and the boosters. And it's like, well, head coach can't succeed without the boosters, but the boosters maybe don't want to give money to the head coach for, for doing that if they're out on that, which always a fun problem to have. But I mean, right now with, with high school recruiting, again, we've mentioned multiple times, early signing day, less than a month away. Florida's in play for a few uncommitted players right now. You got Jordan Seaton, Zay Mincy, uh, Gregory Smith, the second. What does Florida have to do to, to lock up just, just some of these names? Obviously not going to expect everybody, especially while they're also trying to flip some guys, which we'll talk about in a second. But, but what do you have to do to lock up just some of these guys? We're like, Zay Mincy, I feel like Zay's been, I, I feel like for a year now, it's been, oh, Zay Mincy's a, a, a when, not an if for Florida. But at a certain point, do we go, well, he's been a when for a really long time. Is that an if now or, or what? Mincy had told me that he was going to tell the school October, November, whatever, and then announce it at the All-Star game. I can't remember which one he's going to, but announce at the All-Star game. Has he done that? I have no idea. I have none. But I haven't heard that he, he's going any specific way. He's kept it quiet. Um, I ran into him at the Miami game in, in the tunnel. I was walking out to the field. And he was next to me. Hey, how you doing? LJ here? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. He was normal self, but, you know, I didn't ask him any recruiting questions. Other than that, you know what? There has been no news. And I've asked. I went out of my way to find out about that kid. He isn't telling anybody, did we? So we'll all know when he announces. As far as the other kids, the one I'm most interested in is Smith. He is a really talented kid. He plays at Sumner. It's just south of Tampa. Freaky, freaky athlete, 6'3", 6 6'4", 6 elite academic kid. He could go to Vanderbilt or Stanford or wherever he wanted. That's a kid that's going to be really good for somebody, but he doesn't play at a tradition-rich program here in Fort. It's a fairly new school. That area is blown up with people moving there. I'm telling you, Florida's going to get a steal if they can get that kid. Everything's trending in their direction. 
And as I've said on the show many times, it's Florida. This is not that hard. That's a beautiful campus. You're in the state of Florida. It's state U. It's the SEC. Just sell what you have. This is not hard. The other thing, though, we're back to that spot again. The one you and I have been making fun of pretty much this entire show, and that's offensive tackle. Jordan Seaton's a kid I know, and he's very technically sound playing at IMG, but everybody wants him because the, the biggest spot in the country for problems right now is offensive tackle. It's not a Florida problem. This is a college football problem. Even the NFL, mm-hmm. there's no depth that on the offensive tackles. I, I don't know what the deal is with that. I mean, it's it's crazy. There, if you go in the first round of the draft, the chances of you not starting are low. It used to be it was still hard to start right away. That's changed. It's And I know that's a hard spot for pass protection reasons, but good night. Anyway, again, who's it going to be? If they don't get him, you could, you could honestly ask this. Will Napier survive next year without being fired if they don't bring in an elite tackle to play LT? I think that's 50-50 at best. They have to get like a completely different level of player at LT. And again, I'm not picking on George. He's a guard. He just had to play there because they didn't have anybody else. People were taking shots at him on you know social media. Hey, look, that's not his fault that he's playing a spot that he doesn't belong at. At guard, he's going to be pretty good. Tackle, he's just not. Those are two different animals. If they can't get Seaton, who's it going to be? And God help you if Fletcher Westfall for some reason didn't sign. And I'm not saying I have any info, but like the rats have jumped off the ship on the defensive side. If they start falling on the offensive line, I mean, you have to do emergency podcasts that aren't going to be very friendly. It, it happens. Let me tell you guys about prize picks. Prize picks has been the best way for me to make money playing daily fantasy sports this year. If you've got skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with a few easy taps and research. Don't forget the research. Do your due diligence. It's simple and easy to play with quick withdrawals too, and it's what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Number one. You can thank, I don't know, Jalen Hyatt. I'll thank Jalen Hyatt. Made me some money this past weekend. Appreciate that. I cannot thank Damian Pierce. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought that you would have more rushing yards. You didn't. Didn't get the touches. Devin Singletary. Come on, man. Go to pricepicks.com slash college. Use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. Pricepicks' daily fantasy sports made easy. I do have to ask about Gregory Smith the second because safety, you have you look at the Florida secondary right now. It's been bad this year. It was nothing short of atrocious. But the safety play was the best part of it, which is very concerning considering they're true freshmen over there in Jordan Castell and Bryce Thornton. What do you do at that point? If you because you have right now, you have Xavier Philosome committed to this class. He's expected to stick. You have Jordan Castell there, going to be a true sophomore. Bryce Thornton going to be a true sophomore. If you get Gregory Smith the second, then he's going to be a true freshman next year as well. You've got. I, I feel like at that point you've got a, an abundance of safety talent with poor corner play. Is there anybody that you can maybe throw in there at court? Because, I mean, I know Jordan Castell used to do it in high school, but that's a little bit different from the SEC there. And there's, yeah. I mean, look, Nick Saban wanted to play linebacker. It's a little bit different to try to play corner there. So do you just go, yep, yeah, we've just got a ton of guys and the best ones play and whoever doesn't stick, doesn't stick? I guess you could you could look at it this way. 
And again, I think it's a defensive coordinator problem. I'm not buying that it's Corey Raymond. I'm not buying it. I'm not saying he's in, infallible because everybody makes mistakes that are humans, but his track record is tremendous. So maybe it's just a disconnect with what he wants to do and other members of the staff. I, I'm just throwing straws out here, brother. I, I don't know. But he's put too many guys in the NFL at corner for me to say that's the issue. And they've got – like Jason Marshall was recruited by everybody. I thought he was the best corner in the country coming out. It was Ford and he hadn't done much. Every school in the country wanted him. Hey, Jason Marshall's been a hell of a pass rusher this year. All right. He had the sack against Florida State, two deflections against Georgia. Put him on the edge. Just just, just put him on the edge there because not, not doing super great on the boundary. But Florida's also targeting some flip candidates. Uh, Justin Denson from Michigan State, Dalen Evans and Jordan Pride with Texas A&M, Jaden Ball with Arkansas. What does Florida do to convince some of these guys, especially with A&M now making the hire and Michigan State making a hire? And I mean, I mean, the Michigan State one's also a little interesting to me because I'm not sure if it would matter to Justin Denson, considering if I'm not mistaken, at the time Justin Denson committed, he wanted to commit to Florida and, and wasn't a take at the time. And now is, um, but with Michigan State, they just hired a guy who beat Billy Napier 30 to three in a bowl game last year and has put together a pretty strong defense with the Beavers. How does Florida lock in some of these guys or get them to actually flip now that pieces are falling into place? And you know Sam Pittman's going to be back at Arkansas next year. Again, I still think there's got to be a staff change or two, so this is probably mood in some capacity, but maybe that helps. I, I don't know. But at the same time, I'll, I'll give you a little update. I spoke with Jordan Pry because I was at his game Friday night. He told me he was going up to Florida to check it out, down to Florida to check it out. He lives just a little outside of Tallahassee, and I think that's where he'll end up. But he told me Ole Miss and Missouri were still possibilities. He didn't know if he would take those trips. Kind of depending on how the Florida visit went, I haven't spoken to him since. Great kid, very athletic. He made a couple of 50-50 ball catches as a receiver. He played quarterback and had like a 50-yard run. He's coming off ACL surgery from last year. He's not even completely healthy, and he was by far the best player on the field. So I think they'll get him. That's a start. Everything else, though, like how do you sell? Like what? what's the vision? I don't, I don't know, man, because like they looked so discombobulated. They had 90 yards and penalties in the Florida State game. They, they outgained Florida State. They, they were better on third down. It, but they just they had so many catastrophic plays and just allowing the grease pig to get through. You know, there were just so many times where the quarterback or the running back, the receiver should have been down and they got yards after. I mean, just self-inflicted. Two-thirds of Florida State's yards shouldn't have happened, and they only had like 224. I mean, Florida State was atrocious on offense and won. Why would anybody jump onto that? You know, you're, you're going to have to sell hard here. I'm just being honest, like, because I, I give Florida credit where it's due. I think it's one of the neatest places in the country and all that. But, I mean, I went back and rewatched that game, and it's, that's hard to watch. It's brutal. Yeah. I know that there, Jay Bud Davis is someone who covers Florida. He does a lot of, like, analytic information and, and stats, and he puts up charts. And he put up one that was what, today? Yeah, uh, at the time of recording this, earlier today. And it was SEC air yards versus yards after catch. Air yards per target, Florida's smack dab in the middle at about 3.75 air yards per target. Yards after catch per target, 
they are the worst in the NFL and the worst in the SEC by over half a yard. They allow over five yards after the catch per catch uh, this season or per target this season. So not even per catch, per target over five yards after the catch. So yeah, um, there's been a lot of just like you said, and like I, I think even Saturday, the post show, I think my title was a catastrophic failure, which is like the fourth time I've had to put that this season that there have been so many just catastrophic failures for this program. Um, before I let you go, we know that Florida is looking at least on the defensive side. We've seen a couple of portal players announce that they've been offered by Florida, that they've that they've been contacted by Florida. I know one of them is uh, Joey Slackman from Penn, who's two-time yeah. All-Ivy League. I think right now in on three, he's like the top-rated portal player. Um, we've seen them be at least a little bit active. couple of receivers, Raymond Contreras, one of them. Offensive tackle, we're not expecting a, a premium guy to hit the portal. What is your portal approach if you're Florida? Because I don't think you have the luxury of going – like Deuce Spurlock. Deuce Spurlock is a linebacker for Michigan that Florida – got in last year's portal. I don't think he even played a snap this season, but it was even when he committed, it was, he's, he's a future guy. Like, like we, we don't expect much from him this year. I don't think you have that luxury if you're Billy Napier. I don't think you get to go, Oh, we're looking at, at beyond not this upcoming season. I think again, it's just back to the coaching. Cause you, you're right. How many guys are you really going to get at the spots they need? It's just the way it kind of works that are really going to make an impact. There will be very, very few offensive tackles worth a damn in the transfer portal. Mark that down. Good ones stay where they're at or turn pro. They don't transfer. Oh, I'm in a little different. And also the secondary, it's not a talent problem. It's something's goofy. They got elite players. They recruited from all over the place, mostly in the state of Florida, which produces DBs like crazy. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's still development and coaching, which is not good for Billy for his future in Gainesville. But I'm just saying. So unless they attack this in a way that I'm not sure about or they get a little bit luckier or a combination of the two, it's going to be very awkward for them to change to the level they want. Because, like, what do you think Gator fans would be regardless? And I know they're not realistic. They're SEC fans. What number of wins does Billy have to get to next year for Florida fans not to be mad? I think if he can get bowl eligible, they won't be mad. I think the big issue with that, though, is that they're they're playing the hardest college football schedule I've ever seen in, in my – I know I'm not old, but in my life, I've, I've never seen a schedule as hard as Florida It's has. pretty hard, yeah. It's yeah. not the hardest I've ever seen, but it's close. 11 Power 5 opponents is insane, and your one not Power 5 is Sanford, and, that's, and then everything else is just Power 5. It's – I don't know. That's one of the reasons I thought getting bowl eligible was so important this year was because I think two years of not being bowl eligible is unacceptable. And I think next year's schedule is really difficult to look into there and say, we can get bowl eligible with a harder schedule than we had this year. Going to have to be a lot of development and well, <laughs> that's not that's what I mean. Yeah. The, the offensive tackle spot is the one they need a player. Like you can't develop what's not there. That's, I mean, it's not even competitive. There is no second place to that. But most of the other spots, like the, I assume quarterback's coming back. He seems very positive when they interviewed him on sidelines. He's like a good dude. Eugene Wilson, Trey, that's an NFL player. They have somebody to, you know, kind of work there. 
They've got running backs. ETN, they're no problem. Defense at least has some pieces. They get they have to coach better. This this is an internal deal, I think, far more than the portal. Far more than recruiting or taking a JUCO kid. So good luck on that. Um, but you know, go Giants. I mean, I know they're exciting for you right now. So uh, yeah, Tommy, <laughs> Tommy DeVito over there, baby. We get to be excited oh. about that one. Um, but thank you so much, Brian. This is Brian Smith, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. Catch him all throughout the Locked On College channel and every week on Locked On Gators. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free. We're listening to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Hayden Hansen, one last go around. One last go around with Hayden this week. It's been a blast. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants, Country, NFL 33. And I'll see you all tomorrow.